Once again, we welcome you back to Moving Forward with Young Voices here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Pleased to welcome our next contributor. That would be uh, Gary and Frankel. And uh, as in addition to being a contributor to Young Voices, Gary, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm pretty involved in education policy circles uh, here from where I'm broadcasting from in uh, College Station, Texas. Um, I'm currently a graduate student at the at Texas A&M's Bush School of Government and Public Service, studying education policy and management. So I work around the state and with officials around the state to craft better education policy for children here and around the country. Now, I'm looking at an article you wrote. Uh, this was published in USA Today. Special needs kids were abandoned during COVID. School mask mandates are another betrayal. Um, I have some friends who are, you know, special needs educators. And uh, you're echoing something that I seem to recall hearing from them. Spell out for us what what happened during all the the COVID response last year that that uh, left the special needs kids out in the cold. Right. So the vast majority of special needs children, and really all of them should under federal law, have an individual an individual education plan, which is basically an agreement between parents and their local school district to ensure that their special needs child will receive the education that they need and the education that they deserve. When the pandemic hit, a lot of districts, especially in areas that kept schools closed for a longer period of time, um, sometimes they ignored their kids' IEPs entirely. Sometimes they would just move crucial services that really need to be in person and repeated constantly in order to make sure that that child develops properly, were just shifted online. And so these kids weren't seeing that real benefit. And for a lot of special needs families, it seems like it seemed like their kids were just slipping away from them. Wow. Well, it was it was a tough year for everybody, but I could I could see where this would be a real challenge uh, for the people who are already trying to, to work through um, special needs things. Now, interestingly enough, I'm hearing about special needs kids in the news today as a civil rights issue. And I think it's seven different states that the ACLU is suing because they want to force them to wear. Uh, basically, they, they want these schools to have mask mandates and, and policies have been enacted saying we will not have a mask mandate. Can you walk us through through that mess? Well, I think that's a function of the deterioration of the ACLU as an organization. You know, in the past, they were strict defenders of the Constitution, strict defenders of civil liberties. At one point, um, the the ACLU defended the KKK in a Supreme Court case, which goes to show you the kind of organization that they were unwaveringly committed to principle. But at this point, they've basically evolved into another progressive legal institution. And despite multitude of evidence out there, including some that I cited in my article, showing that masking may be a severe harm to many special needs children. They still want to play politics and they still want to institute mandates like that nationwide. Man, I, I'll just say it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a person who wants to wear a mask. Uh, if somebody else feels better about it, if they feel safe with it, I'm not going to criticize them. They can do that, but I do not like being forced. And so it's been interesting to see all of this back and forth uh, where, where the, the school boards and the classrooms and the schools themselves becoming battlegrounds. And I guess I never had really thought of it in terms of <clears throat> the kids who are there with special needs. 
you know, there are already some extraordinary circumstances there, but I never considered how the one size fits all approach might uh, really, you know, throw their world into turmoil. Absolutely. Yeah, I was a I was a special needs kid myself when I was a young child up until I think up until through kindergarten. And after that, I was good to go. But had the pandemic hit 15, 16 years ago, when I was still actively receiving special services, I have sensory processing disorder. It's also called sensory integration dysfunction. So my nervous system doesn't quite process signals the way it should. So were I an unadjusted young child 15, 16 years ago, as I was in the pandemic hit, I would not have been able to develop as quickly as and effectively as I was able to because I would have spent less time paying attention in therapy and more time fussing with my mask, which even now as a 21-year-old adjusted adult, it's still a bit distracting for me, especially when I have to wear it in an educational environment. So I can't imagine what families with children who had who require more severe and intense services than what I needed as a young child are going through right now. I feel for any parent uh, who has to travel with with either young children or or with yeah. special needs um, children because of, of the the rigidness in in a lot of the airlines. I mean, they will turn the plane around and land it at the nearest airport and remove you from the flight. They're just oh, it's unimaginable. There seems to be an inflexibility here or or accommodation. And, and I'm not sure where that's coming from. Any thoughts uh, on, on your part? Why is it that these rules have to be followed so strictly? There can be no allowance. Well, I think from a cultural perspective, there's a growing inclination towards conformity. You know, there's this intrinsic American spirit of independence and inclusion, and we can make anybody feel at home and welcome here in the United States. And I'm not seeing quite as much as that these days, especially since the pandemic started. There's this increasing authoritarianism sort of creeping into the American public that very much mandates do this, do that in this inflexible, unwavering manner. And I don't think that's healthy for civil society. No, I I would agree. I would agree. So how do we how do we get back what we need to get back? Well, I think parents and families around the country are already doing a very good job because this effort really does start at the school system. It's the schools that develop the mindsets and the knowledge and the abilities of the next generation. So I think the parents that are now more involved in their children's education, attending these school board meetings, rallying for causes and changes that they believe in, I think that the change that will shift us more towards liberty uh, starts there. And I think South Lake, Texas, for example, is a very good example of that, where parent parent driven efforts overhauled their school board with uh, and replaced it with one that's a bit more liberty minded. Wow. I mean, look, I'm starting to see some pushback in the media right now about parents showing up at school board meetings and being outspoken and disagreeing. And, and, and it's, you know, they use words, they're, they're unruly, a mob, you know, angry, shouting, you know, but a lot of these parents aren't feeling heard or they're being dismissed by school boards that, uh, for whatever reason, feel like, hey, we don't answer to you. you know, yep. we, we answer to whoever, you know, cuts us the check. Well, and I think the media would be considerably less 
antagonistic towards those parents were those parents pressing for changes that the media believed in. It's all about politics and which tribe you're on in the media's eyes. And I don't think that's the right way that we should think about education. And I don't think that's the right way we should think about our country. Uh, Tell me this, uh, Gary, do you see an exodus from the schools. I know that homeschooling is, is seeing a resurgence it hasn't seen in quite a while. There's a lot of people oh, yeah. trying it. But would would stuff like these mask mandates actually cause more people to exit the, the public school well, systems? Well, absolutely. In uh, Florida, you saw Governor Ron DeSantis institute a new executive order saying that if a local school board institutes a mask mandate, parents will be given the option to leave and take their allotted Uh, spending per student elsewhere. Uh, There's currently a similar measure working its way through the Texas legislature right now. Not sure it'll pass, but the fact that it's being talked about is a sign. And, you know, some people might attribute this to just being a, I guess, a future of the pandemic. But I think that this reality is something that could be a lot more permanent because I think it was the pandemic that was the trigger rather than the sole cause for parents really starting to see what these school boards are doing. Well, I always encourage people, you know, to get more involved. But at the same time, um, hopefully there are some things we can solve without, you know, appealing to some authority, without, you know, turning it into a political situation. It seems like everything that gets politicized turns into a tug of war. Absolutely. So what are some of the places to keep eyes out uh, for for this? Uh, are, I mean, are there are there notable court cases that we should be paying attention to that that uh, could help shape the direction this policy goes? I think that most of these changes are going to occur at the hyper-local level. So I would encourage people to look at their own school boards, look at their counties, look at their states. I don't really see a lot of movement on this front at the federal level, and it's not just because of the uh, the democratic control of both the, of the House, the Senate, and the presidency. I just think that this is a movement that is starting at the base level to begin with and working its way up. So if people are looking to pay attention and get involved, I would encourage them to pay attention to their local school board, their county, maybe even run for office. Okay. Yeah, no, nobody said it had to be fun. I mean, but sometimes nope. we, we need the right people to step up. Gary, and let's tell people where they can find your writing, where they can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can be found Washington Examiner, USA Today, as you mentioned, um, Town Hall. Or you could find me on Twitter at Frankel Gary, and it's literally just my last name, then my first name. Okay. Thank you so much. Great visiting with you. Thank you. Appreciate it.